the Fantasy Football Welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I am Mike Hume. I'm Jeff Dooley, uh, licking my wounds from a couple of uh, fantasy injuries, mm. most notably Odell Beckham Jr. on one of uh, my team's very, uh, very gruesome injury in that a loss to the Chargers. Uh, painful in a lot of ways for uh, Giants fans right now. There's a whole lot of pain in New York. Uh, before we get into the game results, as you might have noticed, I am not Scott Allen. Our usual host uh, is on a bye this week. You may remember last week, Je- uh, Dez joked, when do we get a bye? Scott seemed to take him seriously and took off this week. So here we, we are. We can't find him. We don't. We have no idea where he is. Uh, he's in an undisclosed location. I am sitting in for the first part of the show uh, to get you in the mood, perhaps, for Halloween. We're going to Frankenstein this thing together. Uh, Jeff and I are going to start the show with a look at the 1 o'clock games, then Dez will be in the studio a little bit later to join Jeff to go over the 4 p.m. results. But as we get started, Jeff, you mentioned it, Odell Beckham likely done for the year with a fractured ankle. Take us through it. Yeah, I mean, and he wasn't the only injury. uh, No, he was not. Giants receiving core in that game. They had four... Uh, four wide receivers go out: Brandon Marshall, uh, Sterling Shepard, and I'm blanking. It was Dwayne Harris. Dwayne Harris was, yeah. was the fourth. He had a, a fractured foot, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, all so all uh, all very serious injuries there. Uh, Brandon Marshall's looked r- really bad as well when he went out. He he had his ankle bent. So uh, no idea if all all four of these guys are done for the season. What we're going to see, um, you know, obviously when you, when you talk about injuries like this, we try not to be super cold and go on to the fantasy yeah. spin uh, right away. But certainly for, you know, interested players, I think, you know, keep an eye on Roger Lewis Jr. is the only guy who finished the game and who was healthy in the Giants receiving core. Uh, he might have to take on an increased role. Uh, also possibly just, you know, some of those pass catchers out of the backfield there um, and some of the tight ends might have to step up. But I know you're a Giants fan, Mike. I mean, th- this was this is a, as bad a start to the season as you could possibly have coming off an 11-5 and season. Uh, oh and five yeah. only the Browns and Niners joined them in the winless category that's not the company no, it is that not. you guys thought you were gonna be in <laughs> uh, when when you were starting the season no, the show has clearly reached a new low uh, I mean the only upside was that they might have found a couple decent running back options which they're going to need clearly uh, Orleans Darkwa the great Orleans Darkwa debate renewed uh, finishes with eight yards uh, or excuse me eight carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. Wayne Gallman, 11 carries for 57 yards. More importantly, five catches for Gallman because it seems like Vereen might end up having to be the slot back. Everett Ingram, as you mentioned, I think is going to get a lot more work at tight end, already targeted a ton. I think his workload is only going to go up. But surprisingly, the Giants weren't the only catastrophic showing out there today. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Big Ben Roethlisberger. Woof. Oh, man. Five. Count them Five interceptions for Roethlisberger. Two of them returned for touchdowns by the Jaguars. This was probably the most stunning game of the day. The Steelers, we thought were Super Bowl contenders. They got punked at home by the Jags, and Leonard Fournette just absolutely goes off. 28 carries, 181 yards, and two touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell, 47 yards on 15 carries. 
but Roethlisberger is really the story here, Jeff, right? Yeah, I mean, and this game featured two uh, two <laughs> preseason misses on my part, to be honest. I, I really thought well, Ben, ben, to it. ben Roethlisberger, when he was going, you know, we talked all offseason, you know, if you can wait to get a quarterback. Roethlisberger is one of the guys I was targeting in a few leagues that you could maybe get um, as like the 12th or 13th quarterback off the board. There's so much to like about that offense. The offensive line is one of the better ones in the NFL. You could argue it's the best receiver in the game in Antonio Brown and the best running back in the game in Le'Veon Bell. Um, I, I don't know if you can pinpoint everything on Roethlisberger, but his his performance is pretty shocking. You always hear the the home road split, right? Right. right. That he can't, uh, you know, he can't perform well on the road. Well, this is a home game. Home game. You know, granted against a good Jacksonville defense, but they only put up nine points. I think from a fantasy perspective, one is you can't be playing Ben Roethlisberger right now. And two, I don't know if you can support, and I don't know if his play can support anybody other than Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, a guy like Martavis Bryant. Yep. Uh, you, you know, you can't really trust to put in your lineup. And, you know, the rookie Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think you can play him either. So uh, it definitely a concern if you're a Steelers fan. You know, the silver lining might be he's got to work out some kinks. The Jaguars' defense is really good, but that that was a surprise. And sorry, the other the other miss in the preseason for Nett certainly didn't see the the big play potential. Ninety yard touchdown runs are pretty yeah, rare. Um, there, I think there was some zero defense. Uh, you know, they were <laughs> they were loading up to stop the run, and once once he broke free, that was uh, that was going all the way. But uh, you know, certainly uh, he is a a bona fide fantasy asset. And if you're looking for that handcuff, we talked about this on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and your guy, Mike, Chris Ivory, there eight carries for 41 yards. If you are looking to sort of stash a handcuff, he's a good candidate. Yeah, pretty notable that for a game that finished 30-9. to nine, uh, Not a lot of offense for the Jaguars after Fournette. Ivory had a good day. Receiving core really didn't do much. It really is the Leonard Fournette show going forward in Jacksonville. They they want Blake Bortles passing as few times as possible. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Moving on to another rookie running back in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon finally reaches the end zone. First rushing touchdown of the year for the Bengals. They beat the Bills 20-16, to but really this game is a whole lot of yuck. Yeah, th- this was kind of a hard one to watch. Um, not particularly inspiring quarterback play. For the Bills, Charles Clay went out with an injury. Yeah, that's um, notable. It, it, keep an eye on that. Nick O'Leary stepped in, five catches on, for 54 yards on six targets. Uh, you, you know, he's not the athlete that Charles Clay is, but certainly a serviceable guy. Maybe keep an eye on him if you're in need of a tight end, uh, if you're sort of desperate at that position. Huge A.J. Green game in yeah. this one. Seven catches for 189 yards and a touchdown. Certainly, you know, with Beckham out, he could be done for the season. Green emerges as one of the the, the very top elite group of uh, fantasy wide receivers. Yeah, good on the folks that didn't panic too early and still have him on their rosters. If you traded him away, I'm sorry. Jets versus the Browns. That pretty much summarizes that game right there. But some interesting fantasy takeaways nonetheless. Elijah McGuire versus Bilal Powell. Surprisingly goes in favor of McGuire, although... Not by a lot. I mean, this is pretty pretty brutal. 11 carries, 20 yards for McGuire, but just two carries for Bilal Powell. McGuire outsnaps Powell 35-18. to 18. Jeff, either of these guys desirable going forward? I, I don't think you can start with much confidence if that's all they're going to get you in a game against the Browns. Um, that sort of tells you what you need to know. Although some promise for Cleveland. Miles Garrett finally gets on the field. Uh, two sacks, the former uh, number one overall pick. Uh, the only sort of interesting things to me in this game was, you know, Deshaun Kaiser of the Browns gets benched at halftime. Again. Uh, Kevin Hogan actually played pretty well when he came in, 16 of 19 for 194 yards. 
uh, two touchdowns, one pick. He also had four carries for 30 yards. So he's just someone to keep an eye on maybe in, as a possible streamer candidate if he ends mm-hmm. up as the starter there. Uh, anytime you have a quarterback who can do a little something with his legs, there's certainly some potential there. So, And then David Njoku, the first-round tight end, uh, three catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. Really great one-handed grab on that. Uh, on three targets, so maybe another tight end to sort of have on your uh, have on your radar. Two quick takeaways for me: uh, Isaiah Crowell, 16 carries, 60 yards, continues to be sort of an enigma. Uh, owners really not sure what to do there, and I'm I'm not sure either. Date, uh, Duke Johnson, rather clearly the preferred running back to own, has another big receiving game, 63 yards and a touchdown. I think he's probably the only guy you can consider starting from that backfield without really thinking, certainly as an RB2 or flex play, Jeff. Yeah, he had the, I mean, his his touchdown catch and run was was pretty phenomenal. That was one of the plays of the day. Uh, it didn't end up uh, resulting in the win, but uh, he's someone in a PPR league you got to consider. Uh, Crowell, you know, I think he, there's certainly a, a ceiling on him. Um, I guess the floor, you could say, is relatively high, but it, you're, you're not feeling great. Uh, starting him in a lot of leagues, although you know, with the amount of attrition at the top, he, mm-hmm. he, he's he could be a guy who's on your roster. You kind of have to play him, but um, you know, th- there's not a lot to get excited about on either of these teams. Cam Newton seems like he's back. He's back. Yeah, Detroit uh, had a pretty good defense coming in. He absolutely took him apart. 26 of 33 for 355 yards passing, three touchdowns. Not bad. Yeah, it, it was an impressive game from Cam. Uh, one of the few things I've gotten right, I was sort of cautioning uh, getting rid of him a couple weeks back. Uh, you know, he's he's bounced back as a passer. He also had seven carries now, zero yards. <laughs> so don't get don't get too excited. But I do think it's a positive sign for his fantasy value that it's clear. You know, they are willing. You know, to give him a shot in, in the red zone, uh, do some uh, do some design runs for him, take advantage of that ability. I think they were probably being a little bit too cautious. It seems like they've course corrected that a little bit. And, hey, Christian McCaffrey, a touchdown. Welcome to the NFL. Uh, Five catches for 31 yards, touchdown. Uh, That was on seven targets. Now, he didn't do much on the ground. Neither did Jonathan Stewart or or, uh, Cam Newton, so it all sort of came in the passing game for the Panthers. Uh, On the Lions side of things, a decent game for Marvin Jones. Uh, Six catches for 54 yards on eight targets. At the tight end position, keep an eye on Darren Fells. I was going to mention this. Could be fluky. You know, two catches for 24 yards, both of them touchdowns. Uh, there was that touchdown drop by Eric Ebron. I'm wondering, is there going to be any sort of split there? Uh, is Fells going to get some more action now if they've sort of had it with uh, with Ebron? Well, he definitely got two uh, end zone targets today, and that, uh, we talked about it. We were watching the game together, Jeff. As soon as Ebron dropped the pass, we thought, I mean, it's what he's been doing lately. is just dropping short touchdown passes. Uh, I would like Fells going forward, especially if you have a uh, tight end quandary, perhaps a Charles Clay owner. Uh, Fells a good one to target. All right, the San Francisco 49ers and Indianapolis Colts needed overtime, but the Colts nailed down the win. Niners are 0-5 and remain not good. Carlos Hyde was sort of the fantasy highlight for the first you know, four weeks of the season. Eight carries, 11 yards. It looks like he might be battling some uh, some side effects from that hip injury that could be lingering. Couldn't really get anything going. Matt Breida, 10 carries for 49 yards plus three catches. What do you make of that backfield situation in San Francisco, Jeff? Yeah, after the game, Shanahan said, uh, uh, sorry, head coach Kyle Shanahan said that he was just going with the hot hand and Breida, that there wasn't anything to it. He, he said it, it didn't have anything to do with Hyde's injury. Uh, we'll see if that's true. Uh, Brita seems to maybe offer a little bit more in the passing game than mm-hmm. Hyde does. 
so keep an eye on it. You know, if he if he becomes a starting back there and he's somebody they look to as a pass catcher, not just a runner, he might have some value, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Brian Hoyer threw for 353 yards in this one. Stop the presses. Um, you know, I think that was probably a product of the matchup more than anything else. Pierre Garçon, who I started in one league, he had five catches on the first drive. He ended up with eight <laughs> catches for 94 yards, so a little disappointing after that hot start. Both he and Marquise Goodwin had 11 targets each. Goodwin had actually ended up with 116 yards. Uh, so sort of some. it's an interesting fantasy day uh, for the Niners for sure. Interesting fantasy day as well for Marlon Mack, the running back for the Colts. 91 yards on nine carries and a touchdown. Looked really good in space, and Frank Gore sort of disappeared as this game went on, Jeff. Is Marlon Mack a guy you're going to be putting a waiver claim in on? I don't know. I mean, I think you want to sort of hear a little bit after the game uh, how they couch things. Uh, I'll, I'll say one thing is for sure. Mack clearly has more explosiveness yes. at this stage of his career uh, than Frank Gore does. Well, he's roughly uh, 40 years younger. So. Uh, <laughs> approximately, yeah. Uh, and Gore didn't have a bad game, uh, You know, 48 rushing yards, 38 uh, receiving yards. Uh, but certainly that explosive ability is there with Mack. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a little bit more of a timeshare sort of in the name of trying to get some some big play stuff on the field, you know, before the game. A lot again reports it's not really clear when Andrew Luck's gonna be back. Yep. I will say Jacoby Brissett might be a sneaky sort of fantasy streamer candidate. He had a rushing touchdown today as well as three hundred yards passing. So uh, it's not like the, the offense is grinding to a halt. You mentioned T. Y. Hilton had a great game. Uh, but I, I do think Mac's a guy to to sort of uh, put an asterisk next to uh, his name and then see sort of what other names might be available uh, on the waiver wire this week. One other name that you might want to stash away, George Kittle. Rookie tight yep. end for the 49ers, seven catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Again, if you're, if you're short at that position, if you're looking for a replacement, a name to know. Yeah, nine targets. Exactly. Tennessee Titans played the Dolphins, which is the nicest thing I can possibly say about this game. Uh, the Dolphins' defense returned a fumble for a touchdown that no one was sure was even a fumble in the first place, and the rest of the game was similarly pretty heinous. Yeah, I, I mean, this was maybe the—this is saying something. I think it was the worst quarterback play game <laughs> of, the, wow. of the week. Uh, you know, both of these teams are just awful with their current quarterback situations. Uh, Adam Gase is really sticking by Jay Cutler. Uh, I don't <laughs> he's know. He's going to go down with it. He sticks to him much he's longer. He's going down with that uh, that ship. I don't know if he's seen the end of Titanic, but it doesn't work out very well. Uh, Jay Ajayi, 25 carries for 70 to 70 yards. We've talked about him before, Mike. Uh, you know, just doesn't something seems qu- not quite right there. I think you have to downgrade him and Demarco Murray, the Titans mm-hmm. running back. As long as uh, as the current quarterback situations persist, that means Matt Castle for the Titans in place of injured Marcus Mariota. Uh, Devontae Parker was a, a disappointment for his owners. He sprained an ankle, uh, one catch for six yards, and then he was done for the day. So uh, if you had either <laughs> guys from either of these teams uh, on your fantasy lineup this week, it probably wasn't a good outcome for you. Yeah, the leading receiver for either team, Jarvis Landry with, wait for it, 44 yards. Yippee. Yeah. We had actual offense in the Arizona Cardinals-Philadelphia Eagles game, and Carson Wentz continues to look like a surefire top-ten quarterback. The question is going to be, Jeff, how high can he rise? Wentz, four touchdowns, 300 yards against a really good passing defense, or at least we thought coming into the game with the Arizona Cardinals. How high can he go in your estimation? Yeah, I mean, he's a fantasy stud. You know, I think he's clearly a top-ten guy. Uh, I don't know if he's top five. I, I, I don't have a list in front of me right now, but uh, it's sort of a worthy question. I think the upside is there. I think he's going to be a big-time fantasy performer 
the rest of the year. And, you know, the, the future is bright there in Philadelphia. Um, that was a team I liked a lot in the preseason. And so far, they've looked really good. Uh, and I think the other promising thing is he's got three uh, three really good targets at the wide receiver positions, and he really likes Zach Ertz at tight end. Continues to perform. And, and I will say this sort of certified the rule. If you want to start the wide receivers who aren't going against Patrick Peterson uh, against the Cardinals, Alshon Jeffrey finished for with uh, three catches for 31 yards on four targets. Nelson Aguilar, four for 93 and a touchdown on five targets. Then Torrey Smith had the big touchdown catch, yep. uh, 70 total yards there. Uh, so, you know, anytime you're going against the Cardinals, Patrick Peterson, he shadows. He takes away the top guy. The other guys have a lot more opportunity, and, and the, other, the other corners just aren't on that same level. Backfield questions for the Eagles with Wendell Smallwood out. Uh, a lot of people are thinking Corey Clement might get some, uh, some run. Really only seven carries for 17 yards, nothing there. LeGarrette Blount, 14 carries, 74 yards. Meanwhile, the Cardinals' running game continues to be non-existent without David Johnson. And Carson Palmer keeps looking thoroughly mediocre while putting up 300-ish yard passing games. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the sort of one comment I had off of this game was Andre Ellington, is he a guy to, to keep an eye on in PPR leagues? You know, he ended with nine catches for 65 yards in this one. Now one carry for negative two yards. He's just a non-factor in the running game. All of the, the current uh, Cardinals backs are. Um, yeah, I, I do think there's definitely some fantasy value to be had uh, by some of the skill position players there. But I do think Carson Palmer, uh, certainly not at the level he was two years ago. Uh, he's, he sort of certainly seems to be on the back end of his career. Let's quickly turn back the clock to Thursday. New England Patriots um, escape, really, with a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Patriots offense does not seem to be jiving as well as it has in previous weeks and in previous seasons, despite adding Brandon Cooks. Rob Gronkowski obviously missed the game with a thigh contusion. Seemed like more precautionary than anything else. Uh, what do you see going forward for the Patriots, Jeff? It's hard to say. Uh, it was interesting on the on the broadcast, Tony Romo made the comment that Nate Solder, the left tackle of the Patriots, looks like he's hurt or something. He just said on tape, it doesn't look like the player I'm mm. used to seeing. Um, which I think is really insightful. Just, you know, he's been one of the better tackles in the game. Um, so you, you may have, you know, I think the offensive line hasn't been quite as good. It's just a lot of new pieces uh, to have to get used to. With Gronk now, he, you know, he's out of the lineup. Julian Edelman obviously isn't there. I just don't think they're quite in that, the rhythm of things now. They're still the Patriots, so they find ways to win. Right. Uh, I've been a little surprised by... Uh, Brandon Cook's not getting off to a hotter start. There's Me been too. some there's been some weird stuff. Some of it's been usage. He also had a, he had a, a, at least one ugly drop in that game. Um, so you know he's someone I, I would still sort of hang on to. But there are weeks where you might have to look at the rest of your receivers and say I'm, I'm going to have to put him on the bench because you can't really count on the volume yet. Yeah, his floor doesn't seem to be established. I thought they would use him on on some more of those Edelman route concepts so across the middle of the field. It doesn't seem like they're using him in that way. That seems to be going to Amendola and Chris Hogan, who has been a fantastic wide receiver for fantasy purposes. Yeah, both of those guys. Uh, Amendola has been banged up a little bit, um, so he, so he's missed some times. But both of those guys, I think there's a comfort level uh, with Brady that they have that maybe Cooks doesn't quite have yet. Um, and we'll keep an eye on the on the Gronkowski injury. Uh, presumably that was just a one-week thing. They'll have extra time uh, heading into next week, uh, but certainly keep an eye on that. Three more games to go. Dez will join us shortly to break those down. In the meantime, count back from three, and I will disappear. No, really, count back from three. Me? Anyone. Three? Our listeners at home. Two? One?
Okay, Mike uh, pitched seven strong innings, but uh, we've gone to the bullpen to finish this thing out. Uh, that would be me, Des Beeler. Happy to recap the three late afternoon games, and we certainly had a doozy in one of them. That would be Packers 35, Cowboys 31. To me, the big fantasy takeaway was Aaron Jones. He looked fantastic. 19 carries for 125 yards, touchdown, caught one pass. But, you know, I, I have to ask you, Jeff, is he the new top running back in Green Bay? I don't know if he's the top running back, but I do see – I could envision a split. I mean, we've been talking about this since the preseason. Is Ty Montgomery really going to be the workhorse for 16 weeks? Just right. because we know sort of his – his a uh, little bit of an injury history, and he hasn't been. He hasn't been a running back. He hasn't. Right. <laughs> He's been a wide receiver and, and a and a yeah, return been, specialist. Yeah, it so. was sort of a makeshift situation they threw him into last year because everyone else fell by the wayside more or less. Yeah. And then he started off this season with like just dominating the snaps, but that was with Jamal Williams as the next guy up, and maybe maybe that you know maybe now I mean certainly between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams it's no contest. I think the only question is how much of a workload does Montgomery get now when he comes back. Right, and I think it would make sense if they if they want to have uh, Ty Montgomery on a little bit of a pitch count, much like Mike Hume, who who got the <laughs> got the yank here. I think they yep. might say, you know, especially coming off the injury, okay, Montgomery's maybe our more explosive guy, especially the versatility as a pass catcher. But we don't want him running twenty plus times a game, especially when they have somebody in Jones who can clearly fill that role. So I I think you've got to look at him if he's a lot of people snapped him up last week on the waivers. Um, but some people might have even picked him up and dropped him once they saw that Ty Montgomery yep. might play. So yep. if he's out there, I, I would definitely – I think he's worth putting a claim in on because uh, I think he's going to have a role, whether – how exactly that split shakes out because it sounds like Montgomery is close to returning. It's not a serious injury. Um, I, I would expect more of a split. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think you could even see Aaron Jones as the early downs guy mm-hmm. and Ty Montgomery as more the passing downs guy, right? And I think when they – I mean, Jones is just the more natural running back. He's a little more sturdily built. I think and certainly in short yardage you'd want him there. He just seems to have better vision. He's been a running back his whole life. You, right. <laughs> you might expect him to be better in that regard. Okay, quickly, uh, the rest of the game, Aaron Rodgers was masterful again. Didn't throw for a ton of yardage, but three touchdowns, incredible late-game drive. Devontae Adams, amazing comeback from that right. knockout shot he took last week. I guess he had a little bit of extra time to rest up, but two touchdowns for him. The rest of the Packers, not not so great. Jordy Nelson did get in the end zone, so that was big. Dak Prescott racked up huge numbers for his owners. Mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott did good things on the ground, didn't get in the end zone. Uh, Jason William racked up, uh, Jason Witten, excuse me, racked up some catches. Des Bryant got in the end zone. Anything else jump out from you there, or should we move on? No, I think the only thing is uh, just keep an eye on Jordy Nelson, who wasn't on the field for that final drive for the Packers. Hmm. Um, if if there's anything to that, if if he was being held out for health reasons, and that's a longer term thing, who would be the next uh, Packers pass catcher up? Is it Geronimo Nel- El- Allison? Somebody else you want to take a look at? But uh, no, I think it was a pretty straightforward game. Elliot, even when he was basically bottled up for a lot of the game, still ends 116 yards. Just you know, he's pretty. Uh, He's pretty foolproof at the running back position. Yeah, big usage for him. Okay, let's go to the Ravens-Raiders game. Ravens win at 30-17. to And this is just, I mean, the, the takeaway to me is another disappearing act by Amari Cooper. What is going on with this guy? Jeff, what are the answers to this situation? You tell us. <laughs> no idea. This is, <laughs> All right, let's this move is on. <laughs> perhaps, the, perhaps the biggest like fantasy bust that isn't related to an injury. Yes. Or it, it's, it's, it's very amazing. And it'd be one thing if it, it was this was only happening now because E.J. Manuel's in it starting quarterback. Derek Carr, supposedly, uh, according to Coach Jack Del Rio, he'll be back next week. Um, 
it, it happened when Carr was in the game, too. So I, right. I really don't understand it. This was a big game for uh, Michael Crabtree. At least one of them got back on track. He had six catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. And he's been better all season, pretty much. Right. And so, the, the, you know, you talk about E.J. Manuel. Nothing's changed in that regard. Uh, Crabtree, good. Amari Cooper does nothing. I mean, nothing. He has 23 yards combined in his past three games. If this yeah. guy was a second-round pick, what in the world is happening with him? Yeah, and I don't know what you do if you own him because— Right. You, I just, mean, you can't just drop him, right? I mean, you have to I, sort I of ride so. this out, I think, at least I for a couple more weeks. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're not going to get anything for him in trade. So I don't know what you do. Maybe you maybe you dangle him out there, and if you get anything at all worthwhile, you know, maybe you move him. It's been a weird couple of weeks for the Raiders. You hope if Carr gets back, maybe there's a little bit of a sense of normalcy. They can get back on track. But yep. this is really hard to explain. And Marshawn Lynch didn't do a whole lot, but he got in the end zone, so that kind of salvaged his day. He continues to be fairly disappointing. Uh, let's go to the Ravens really quickly. Terrence West actually looked really good in his first two carries, but then he went out in a calf injury, and that paved the way for Javorius slash Buck Allen to get most of the work. He wasn't very efficient, but he racked up yards, got in the end zone. Alex Collins looked a little bit better on the ground. Mike Wallace had the huge game here. Jeremy Some, Macklin. Somebody woke up Mike Wallace. Yeah, exactly. Nice. He only had three targets, but he caught all three for 133 yards. It's hard to be more efficient than that. Uh, any <laughs> any takeaways from the Ravens' backfield? Not really. I mean, it's still it's still hard to read, I think. Um, Alex Collins, to me, might have the most upside out of the three of those guys. Obviously, West went out with the injury. Um, I, I don't get too excited out of uh, about Buck Allen, but 73 yards and a touchdown in the running game, and then five targets in the passing game, only for four catches uh, on 12 for 12 yards. Yeah, uh, I he, think he's getting a lot of work. I mean, you can say that much for him. Absolutely, and he did get a goal yeah. uh, or a, a close to the goal line sort of carry. So I mean, if he's going to get those, then he has clear. You know, he could be a, a fringe RB two for sure. Exactly. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens with Terrence West. Let's go to Seahawks Rams. Seahawks hang on in this one, 16 to 10. Uh, Jared Goff leads a last-minute drive that came up sort of just short. And in general, he had a mediocre game. You know, we just talked about Amari Cooper's disappearing act. What about Sammy Watkins? I mean, what is happening here? At least Amari Cooper caught a pass. Well, as you know, I, uh, I get tempted into drafting <laughs> Sammy Watkins every year. And this year was no exception, believe right. it or not, even right. after all we talked about in the preseason. Zero catches on four targets. I mean, he's unstartable right now, and then he'll probably put up like 20 points on your bench yeah. like once you do sit yeah. him down. He needs to earn um, trust again. And this wasn't, you know, we talked about this uh, on the Wednesday show, Des. This, even though the Seattle defense is a tough matchup, and certainly you saw what they did to Todd Gurley, who'd been on fire heading into the game, um, it wasn't like Watkins had to line up opposite Richard Sherman the whole game. He was going up against the weaker Seattle corner um, and still did absolutely nothing. So so pretty baffling. Um, certainly, if you have uh, fantasy starters going up against the Seattle defense, you have to think twice just because uh, they definitely can shut things down. Uh, and that was also the case uh, for the Seattle running game going against the front of the of the Rams defense. Yeah, uh, Rawls and Lacey pretty much split the work. What, eight carries for Rawls, nine carries for Lacey. Neither of them did anything. Uh, they both averaged about a little, just a little over two yards per carry. Didn't get in the end zone. You know, the Seahawks in general didn't didn't do much on offense this week. It was another fairly disappointing game for Russell Wilson. Yep. You know, I want to go back to, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we could just see what happens going forward with Seattle. I, I To me, the more interesting side of it are the Rams because they got a big test this week against an elite defense or, or defense that is capable of being elite, and they pretty much failed. Todd Gurley came back to earth with a big thud. Yeah. And then you look at their schedule going forward. They're at the Jaguars, get the Cardinals, at the Giants, 
They get the Texans, and they're at the Vikings. That's our next five games. So, you know, we could see a major course correction for this offense. Do you think it's, it's, it's worth trying to sell high on any of these people? I mean, Todd Gurley is the one who comes to mind, or do you, do, do you kind of hold, hold steady with him? I, I think you hang on to Gurley. I think he remains a top 10 at least fantasy running back, maybe even top five this year. Um, I, I think I agree. Those are some tough defenses. I think Seattle is probably the most stout up front. The other thing with Gurley is he had that fumble uh, on the one uh, one yard line into the into the pylon, yep. which they initially called a touchdown. So yeah. if you were, that's an eight point swing right yeah, there. His day would look his, a lot better. Right, you're talking about a ten point fantasy game against maybe the best defense in the NFL. So you, you you'd feel a lot better about it. So I think his usage is so high uh, in the passing game as well as the, as the running game. I would hang on to Gurley if you were going to sell high. You might have been been a week too late anyway. So if you had traded him last week, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would have been feeling pretty good. You could have named your price last week. Exactly. So I, I think uh, I think you hang you hang with him and, and you start him uh, until further notice. I think Watkins is droppable if you if you feel like you need to make a move. I would hang on to him and just hope that things get better. But you don't on, have on a much... one week basis. Yeah, there is that upside potential. But I mean, what do you what do yeah, you do with this? And how point? would you know when that would happen at this point? It and would he, be so he hard to have that rapport with God, like. Uh, Cooper Cup is the guy that Goff looks for in the crunch time, and he nearly had that uh, touchdown catch at the end of the game, which would have, you know, would have put them ahead uh, with the extra point. So, uh, you know, he's the guy who, who appears to be uh, have the greatest comfort level with yeah. Goff at this point. All right, we'll close it out with a couple of names for the waiver wires. We talked about Aaron Jones. If he's available in any league at this point, he must be snapped up. Spend yeah. your fab money. Do what you have to do. Uh, what about Ed Dixon? Came out of nowhere, five <laughs> catches for him. I'm That's laughing right. as I say it. That probably gives you the answer. But is there anything there with Ed Dixon? Is he worth picking up just speculatively? <sighs> Maybe he can do this again, half of this? I don't know. There were a lot of good tight end games this, this week. So I, I think he, he should be on – he has to be on the list after that performance. He's filling in for Greg Olson, who is a very productive – fantasy producer. Yeah, yeah, Cam looks um, for his tight end or has with, with, with Olsen. Marlon Mack, to me, is an interesting name. Yeah. Uh, nine, nine catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, explosive guy. Lord knows the Colts could use some, some fresh legs there, so... Uh, you know, he, he could he's probably a name of interest on, on waiver wires going forward. And then, of course, we have to look at the Giants wide receivers. Who's right. left standing there? Is it Roger Lewis? Is he now the number one target for Eli Manning? And if so, does it matter? He was at the end of the game today because <laughs> everyone else was was injured. And we don't mean to make light of it. Obviously, yeah. those are some very painful. Yeah, that was um, really season ending potential yeah, in- injuries for, for all those guys. But I do think as as you're strategizing for your fantasy lineup, I do think you have to look who's. Someone's got to get throws. I don't think it's going to be a particularly efficient offense, yep. for the record. Yep. But I, mean, I, think I, I think Sterling Shepard could pop out, but he had an ankle injury. Brandon Marshall had an ankle injury. We'll just have to see who, who who's the healthiest in, in a couple days' time. All right, well, that'll do it for our recap. We appreciate you listening. Uh, for Mike Hume, I'll give out his Twitter address, at Mike Hume Post. I'm at Des Beeler. I'm at Jeff Dooley underscore. Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.